Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Cannabis Banking Consultant. Make really confident face. After writing this book on the legality of cannabis laws at the federal level in my first year of practice, I became a bank lawyer. Over time, I fell back into a viable cannabis practice with my first clients being financial institutions, aka banks, that wanted to know how to bank cannabis. This is why we make these types of videos on... Hi, I'm Tom Howard, but you probably found me on Google with a cannabis industry search term, perhaps even this one about cannabis banking or cannabis banking consultants. You probably do need a consultant or a lawyer or to just know the right guy for getting a bank if you are a cannabis business. For sure, the banking issues can be very frustrating when getting into the cannabis business, especially before you're licensed. We've done lots of videos before about the problems facing cannabis companies as they try to get access to basic banking and payment processing services. We've done videos about how to use credit cards for buying cannabis, uh, one about companies providing financial services to cannabis companies, and more than one about the Safe Banking Act. There will probably be more about the Safe Banking Act. So like and subscribe. We're going to cover it until it's passed. Cannabis banking reform is probably going to be the first real federal legalization policy, as it's not quite full legalization. Still, it rakes in the revenue for the federal government, you see, because we've done a few of these videos about IRC 280E. The Safe Banking Act may get passed in the near future or maybe even be part of a COVID-19 stimulus package in the near future. Stay tuned to our channel, smash them likes and subscribes, and you'll get notice of all the new episodes of Cannabis Legalization News. Despite these hurdles, to get cannabis banking from the federal level, many states are undertaking innovative programs to help their burgeoning cannabis companies get access to financial services. In this particular video, we're going to look at the current state of cannabis banking and look at one particularly promising initiative out of Illinois, which may provide a model for the other states that want to offer financial services to their newly licensed cannabis businesses. First, we're gonna do a brief recap of cannabis and banking history. After years of raids, the first major crack in federal cannabis prohibition came in 2013 from the Obama administration. Deputy Attorney General James Cole put out a memorandum entitled Guidance Regarding Marijuana Enforcement, 
mostly because marijuana is the technical term of art under federal law. Otherwise, it would have been cannabis enforcement. This commonly became known as the Cole Memo or the Cole Memorandums. Cole Memo set a policy at the Department of Justice level to deprioritize enforcement of the Controlled Substances Act, the CSA, as we commonly call it here, in states that had legalized marijuana. However, in 2018, then-Attorney General Jeff Sessions rescinded the Cole Memo, but his one-page Sessions Memo effectively left CSA enforcement at the discretion of local prosecutors. And as we've seen in Illinois, and probably also in your state, local federal prosecutors don't seem to have any particular interest in enforcing the Controlled Substances Act in the face of a booming cannabis industry that generates millions, if not billions, of dollars in needed tax revenue. Shortly after the Cole Memo, the Department of Justice was joined by the Department of Treasury when its Federal Crimes Enforcement Network called FinCEN issued guidance to financial institutions regarding their obligations under the Bank Secrecy Act. The FinCEN guidance notes that due to the CSA, financial institutions are still required to report the suspicious activity reports called SARS when dealing with cannabis businesses. FinCEN created three categories of these SARS for financial institutions dealing with cannabis businesses. Let's go over them. One, the Marijuana Limited SAR. It is a marijuana SAR with limited information for otherwise legitimate banking clients. So essentially, the Marijuana Limited SAR is the lowest one. If you are a licensed, a state licensed marijuana business to the federal government, this would be the SAR your bank would file. Then there is two, the Marijuana Priority SAR. Now these are for banking clients which implicate the coal memo concerns like non-cannabis crimes. So you really do not want to ever get any other SAR besides the first type. You don't want this, this other second type of SAR, the Marijuana Priority SAR. And you certainly do not want the Marijuana Termination SAR, the third type of SAR. That's where there's clear criminal activity, like money laundering, despite the technical definition of money laundering being satisfied pursuant to the Controlled Substances Act's treatment of cannabis as a Schedule I substance. But I digress. Cannabis clients operating legitimate businesses in legal markets, such as dispensaries and growers that are licensed pursuant to an Illinois license, are likely to fall into the marijuana limited category alone. This is essentially a way for banks to comply with the Bank Secrecy Act while telling FinCEN that the client is not a priority. And FinCEN publishes these actually on a quarterly basis. You can see how many banks are actually banking cannabis. Knowledge of these measures, along with other safe and sound banking principles of loan underwriting, are fundamental for any financial institution that wants to begin banking cannabis. Approval, even silent approval, requires participating banks and federal regulators monitoring the financial institution to be aware of the business relationships with the state-licensed cannabis business operations. Now, there's been recent developments. 
Despite the support provided by the Cole Memo and the FinCEN guidance, many banks are understandably reluctant to enter the cannabis market. After all, safe and sound banking principles require that any risk of loss is mitigated, but also for the bank to comply with the federal laws governing its actions. Profiting off of the textbook definition of money laundering under federal law while complying with state law cannabis regimes causes many banks to shy away from this federalism conundrum. The memos from the executive branch are also merely guidance, subject to the political winds of the day. As a result, there have been several major legislative efforts on behalf of the underbanked cannabis industry. At the federal level, the most famous is the Safe Banking Act which we've covered here in much greater detail. Essentially, the bill provides a safe harbor for credit unions and private banks to get a limited purpose state charter to allow them to provide services to the state legal cannabis businesses. The State Banking Act was introduced by Congressman Ed Perlmutter, a Democrat from Colorado, and co-sponsored by a bipartisan group of congressmen. The bill passed in the House of Representatives last September by an overwhelmingly bipartisan majority vote of 321 to 103. It still has to make it through the Senate, where it has 33 co-sponsors, including five Republican senators. Of course, between the upcoming presidential election and the COVID-19 near shutdown of Congress, the Safe Banking Act is unlikely to become law this year, unless it's rolled in one of these COVID-19 stimulus packages. At the state level, there are some encouraging developments in Colorado. Governor Polis unveiled his administration's roadmap to cannabis banking and financial services. Unfortunately, the roadmap is a little more than a series of goals and vague plans with concrete policies to follow at some later date that's not disclosed. California has provided some more robust guidance to help financial institutions develop the appropriate compliance protocols. Illinois has some legislative proposals, which we have also covered on this channel previously. The bright spot in Illinois is the Community Invest Cannabis Banking Services Initiative, put out by Illinois State Treasurer Mike Frerichs. The idea behind the Community Invest program is straightforward. The program provides investment capital at a reduced rate to qualified financial institutions so they can expand banking services to cannabis-related businesses. The capital comes in a form of two-year deposits with a variable monthly interest rate. The application has two main steps. Step one, you have to become an approved program depository. Depending on the total deposits and collateral pledged by the bank, there are different application forms. The application focus on financial disclosures by the applicants so that they can get a list of the approved institutions to participate in the Treasurer's Community Development Link Deposit and Access to Capital programs. To get a better idea of the institutions approved, contact us for a full list of approved depository institutions. Step two, review your eligibility and submit an application. Now the application needs to fill out a form that provides a host of detailed information, including a business plan with other complex information like your community and development plan, your target marketing and onboarding strategy, your risk assessment and mitigation strategies, your personnel development policy, compliance and due diligence and oversight procedures, and financial forecast for sustainability and also an implementation timeline. The state of Illinois has a robust opportunity for institutions looking to invest in the historically underserved communities. Indeed, the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act places special emphasis on social equity and disproportionately impacted communities. 
The state will be announcing the winners in the most recent round of dispensaries in May of 2020, so the need for cannabis banking services is about to increase tremendously in Illinois. Banks and other financial institutions would be wise to take a look at the options for servicing cannabis businesses sooner rather than later, and to look at what Illinois has done through Treasurer Mike Frerichs' program to see how to compliantly bank cannabis and create the due diligence and underwriting procedures that your financial institution needs to safely and soundly bank the fastest growing industry of the 21st century. Till next time, I'll see you on Canvas Legalization News.